for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. How are you this morning? For those of you who thought Pastor Kerry was going to be up here, you have been swindled and bamboozled. He is not, he is not going to be speaking this morning. But my name is uh, my name's Jeremy. I'm the music director. I'm the worship pastor here. And uh, it is my privilege to be able to speak to you guys this morning. Uh, we're going to have a small talk. It's going to be really, really good. Um, but first, that video that we just showed, we're about to begin our, uh, our, our new semester in Connect Groups. Yeah. Gosh, should be way more excited about connecting. Um, that's okay, though. Authentic relationships, right? <laughs> Culture point. That's okay. Moving forward. Um, listen, we're going to start, and, and if you are in this room and you love it, you should lead it. If you love it, you should lead it. So what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? If you want to lead a connect group, and we're going to encourage you to lead a connect group. I'm about to start a connect group for motorcycles. Come on, anybody? M- my man, Chris Upton, Pastor Kerry, I know he's down. Jojo, you in? Perfect. We got four. <laughs> uh, listen, we are uh, we are all about authentic relationship here, um, and some of the best friendships that you never knew that you had are going to be found in connect groups. You need to know that. So, listen, if you love it, text uh, text our number, text lead to our number, and start getting involved. It doesn't matter if um, you just want to sit around and knit. Uh, and whatever, if you're knitting for Jesus, hashtag knitting for Jesus, then, uh, you know what? It's good. It's good enough, right? It's good enough. So get connected. I want to encourage you get connected, start leading. It's some of the best relationships and some of the best time that you'll, you'll ever have. Amen. Yeah. So, uh, listen, the heartbeat of our church right now, um, and you've heard pastor Carrie mention it. If you didn't, if you weren't here last week, that's okay. I'm going to kind of fill you in a little bit, uh, this week. But the heartbeat of our church right now, you're going to see OC Movement Instagrams. If you follow us on there, if you follow us on social media, you're going to see uh, Step Up, Step Out. Because God is absolutely doing something so incredible in the life of our church right now. Um, we're about to move to a new location. Pastor Kerry talked about it a little bit this morning. No one cheered. <laughs> that was so great. Yeah. Uh, listen, we're about to move, and it's an opportunity to reach more people. Uh, bigger buildings, bigger outreach, bigger everything. And, you know, God is, God is a God of expansion, and, and he wants to do that, and he's doing it right now in our church's lives. So we're so excited. And that is, that is absolutely what, I wanted, uh, what my talk is going to be about. Listen, if you're taking notes, you should. So get something out to take notes. Um, get, get something, get a, a phone or an iPad. Get something. And the title of my talk today is going to be Let Go of Your Ship. Ship ship. Nothing else. <laughs> Man, it's going to be a long morning if no one laughs at my jokes. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. You laugh, I'm going to talk faster, all right? So if you don't like the way I look, laugh, and I'll get off the stage sooner. So it's going to be a long morning. So uh, the title of my talk is going to be Let Go of Your Ship, and we're going to read uh, we're going to read Matthew, Matthew chapter 14. Listen, if you've got a Bible, open it. If you have one that glows in the dark, that's good too. You should turn that on and use it. Uh, for those of you who don't have a Bible, that's okay. We're praying for you. It'll be up here. Um, great. 
Matthew chapter 14. We're going to start reading at verse 22, and we're going to read through verse 33. But before I read, I have to do one thing I almost forgot, and I would have kicked myself for not doing it. Can we honor our senior pastors, please? Do you love them? Yeah? You should clap a lot louder than that. I feel like it makes, it makes them really uncomfortable when this stuff happens. Yep. Uh, listen, I'm privileged. It is an honor to be up here. It really is. I, I've, I've spoken here a few times, and every time that they ask me to come back and do it again, I'm just kind of like, I don't understand it. So um, I'm, thank you for the opportunity. And um, I just really believe God's going to speak to us this morning. Yeah? In a non-weird way, I promise. Uh, listen, let's read Matthew 14, verses 23 through 24. 22, I've had a lot of caffeine, I'm sorry, 22 through 33, I get up early on Sundays, and immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd, and after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Some, some versions of Scripture say that the wind actually spoke. It was boisterous, um, which just means loud. And 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's Patrick Swayze. Good. <laughs> second, that's, why, that's why second service is better, because you guys caught on to that joke way before first service did. <laughs> They said, and they cried out in fear, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come down to you on the water. And then Jesus said, come on with it. And Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out and caught him. You have little faith. He said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray real quick. Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you that your word is powerful. It's real, um, that, that it speaks to us, and that, Lord, it changes us. Um, Father, we just pray that you would speak to our hearts Let our hearts be receptive, even mine, to the words that you have to say this morning. And, um, Father, we thank you that the the Rams have come back to Los Angeles. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Listen, I didn't have a football team before the Rams came back, so I have to root for the Rams now, I feel like. Um, And everyone who's judging me, you know, Cowboys fans primarily, calm down. (laughs) Does anybody in here have an an overly aggressive personality? And if you're not raising your hand, you're lying right now because I know some of you, and you do. Um, I have, and I have a very, I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with everything that I do. I'm super loud. I'm very obnoxious, and I can admit that. I'm okay with it. I'm recovering, <laughs> and my wife normally doesn't fully like me all the time, but. We're working through issues. We, I, my wife runs the soundboard. She really probably hates that I'm pointing, pointing her out. But we, we just celebrated our 16, 16 year anniversary. We got married when we were 12 years old. <laughs> Love of my life. Okay, anyway, moving forward. She loved that. Everybody just give her hugs after service. She really loves hugs. Um, but, but I'm over the top. Like, I'm, I'm over the top. You'll, you'll see it I'm, when I'm speaking this morning. I'm over the top. I'm, I'm 100%. And I, I love the game of golf. 
Anyone? I love the game of golf. And, and some of you, are, that's good. I'm going to connect with like six of you while I'm talking about this. But I love the game of golf. And so when I started golf, uh, taking up this expensive hobby that my wife was super pumped about, um, I also began to buy every golf club that you could possibly buy on the face of the earth, even if I didn't need it. I, I was no good. I shot like 406 during a round, and I was going out buying the best golf club that you could possibly buy. I, I would go up to my wife, and I remember talking to her, having these conversations, and I'm like, honey, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I just need this $600 driver. She's like, how often do you play? I'm like, once a month, but it's worth it. You know, it, it totally makes sense, and so my wife is gracious, so she would let me spend that money. Um, and, and I was awful at it. I used to, I used to play every week with my grandfather and I just never got any better. And, uh, it was very frustrating, still frustrating for my life, uh, cause I still play. And it's funny because golf, you don't really play golf, like golf plays you, right? So it, it's, it's never, it's never really that much fun. You spend 90% of your time being angry. I mean, honestly, like, and then you get into the cart after you're done and you're like, that was the best time I've ever had. <laughs> and it's like you enjoy being miserable. Anyway, moving forward. So I, I just, I, I love golf. And, and, you know, one of the worst situations on a golf course is when there's excessive wind. It's the worst. It's terrible. Because you get up there and you're lining your shot up and you've got your, you've got your direction and you're, you're not going to hit it that way. You're just, you're planning on hitting it that way, right? And, uh, <laughs> but you're lining your golf shot up. You're, you know, you're, you got your little wiggle, wiggle going, wiggle, 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 right? And, and you're, you're, uh, <laughs> you're lining your shot up and then all of a sudden, <sighs> you just hear wind come in. And you know, the, the, the wind absolutely affects the golf shot for sure. But I found what happens with me is that whenever that, wind, whenever that wind blows, whenever a strong gust of wind, it's almost like God actually is playing a cruel joke on golfers. He's like, watch, Jesus, watch this. <laughs> you know? And as the wind blows, I, I mean, I could hit the golf ball straight and the wind's going to affect it a little bit. But honestly, what's going to make my shot go off point is that I'm going to overcompensate because how I hear the wind. Does that make sense? And I found that in our lives, that everybody here at some point in their life has either been in a, in a, in a season with strong winds or a storm. Or uh, if you haven't been, come talk to me after because I really want to know how you did that because that's really awesome. But if you haven't been, it's not about if it's going to happen. It's about when it's going to happen. You need to know that because this is life. Look, life, life happens. It's what it is. There are storms and there are challenges. And everybody in here, I believe, <clears throat> including myself, have situations in their life where the wind is blowing and it's trying to speak negative things to your life. And see, this is what you have to know, that what we decide to listen to in our lives can either calm a storm or cause a storm. You hear me? What you, and there's a difference between hearing and listening. Okay, let me, let me clarify. My kids hear me all the time when I tell them to pick up their stuff. They're not listening, though, because they don't ever do it. It's ridiculous. My wife, I hear my wife tell me to pick up my dirty underwear. But it's always there. It better be my underwear anyway. Uh, <laughs> But I don't 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I'm hearing, but I'm not listening. Listen, the things that you decide to listen to in your life or adopt in your life, you adopt in your life, listen, what you, what you listen to and what you adopt is eventually what you're going to look like. So it's either going to cause a storm in your life or it's going to, it's going to stop a storm in your life. But the great news about this, listen, the great news about this is that we absolutely have a choice as to what we listen to and what we just hear. There can be noise around you. There can be all sorts of chaos, but you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to. And look what Proverbs 4.23 says. Look at this. Guard your heart above all else. What's that mean? It means above everything else. Guard your heart. How do I guard my heart? Watch what you're letting into your life. Watch what you're listening to. Are the things that you're listening to and adopting for your life, are they bringing peace in your life or are they bringing anxiety? Is it bringing insecurity or is it bringing confidence? What are you listening to? What are you listening to? That could be causing the storm to either subside in your life or ignite in your life. And so we have the choice to do it. We always have a choice as to what we listen to. And this brings us to this incredible story of Peter and the disciples, right? So they have just finished with what is probably one of the largest miracles that, that we see in Scripture. They just fed this massive group of people, probably 10, 12,000 people, uh, off of five loaves and two fish. Basically, it was red lobster, like legitimately. Like the cheesy biscuits, you know what I'm talking about? Come on, Amen. Yeah, no, no one? No, I had red lobster. Jesus is pretty much like, here's red lobster for everyone. You get red lobster and you get red lobster. It was pretty powerful. And, the, and they're having a beach party at this point. They're on the beach. They are having a great time. It is a mass crowd of people who are like throwing footballs and they got their like bathing suits on and they're frolicking in the lake. And, and uh, you know, Peter and John are talking about how awesome it was when that little, they stole that lunch from that little kid and Jesus turned it into miracle. Oh, grace of God, you know, that sort of thing. And then Jesus comes up and they're in the middle of this incredible, incredible event. Awesome. Like they are living life, right? And here comes Jesus and he goes, hey, fellas, come here. I got to talk to you for a second. So Peter walks over and he's like, hey, isn't it crazy what you just did? <laughs> What's going on? Okay, I need you to hop over there in that boat. And I need you to go toward that storm that's over there. But it'd be really great if I could just stay here, right? <laughs> like, this is so awesome. Like, it's a party. Like, it's a beach party. And he's like, no, 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 no. I need you to get in the boat, into the boat, and I need you to go over that direction. But there's a storm over there that doesn't make sense. I need you to get in the boat, Peter. Okay. Yes, sir gets in the boat, gets all the disciples. And that brings me to two things I want to point out. Listen, the boat that you're in, you're in it for a purpose. The boat that you're in is not by accident. Now, I'm not saying that anything that is, if you're in a, a situation that, there are situations, let me say it this way, there are situations in your life that you don't put yourself into, Right? but you can control your attitude in those situations. Yeah? You have an opportunity in the boat that you're in to affect the people riding with you. So the boat that you're in, you're in for a purpose. And also, the second thing I want to point out, if you're taking notes, these are really good things to, to write down, that God is greater than your storm. God is greater than the situation. 
and the boat he's given you, he's not going to send out in the middle of the storm to get destroyed. Do you hear me? And I love, because they're out, <coughs> God calls them out into, calls them out upon the water. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. ADD. And so I, uh, <laughs> so they're out in the middle of this lake. They're out in the middle of this water. Storm is going nuts. Storm is going nuts. And to make things worse. Now listen, this is a pretty big deal because Peter was a fisherman to begin with. So he's probably used to storms. And they're freaking out. They're losing their minds. This is scary. It says the wind was speaking to them. The waves were boisterous. Like, this is a scary storm. And to make things worse, Jesus is left them completely. He's up on the mountain being spiritual. He's praying, right? And they're out in the middle of the storm probably going, why in the world could we not have just stayed on the beach? This is crazy. And then Peter looks out and he sees Patrick Swayze walking on the water. He sees a ghost or what they think is a ghost. And then I I love this. I love this too. I love Jesus. I love Jesus not only because he saved me and he's given me, he's given me life and hope, but because he was really funny in scripture. Really, really funny because Peter looks out on the water. He looks out and he goes, well, Lord, if that's you, if that's you, call me out on the water. And Jesus just goes, it's me. Is that you, Lord? Yeah, it's me. You couldn't even say it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Like, give me something, right? Give me something that's going to, it's so ambiguous, the answer that Peter gives. Have you ever felt that way, though? Have you ever been praying something? Or have you ever felt like you were supposed to do something, and the answer that you got was like, I don't know if this is right or not. This is so ambiguous. Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. I'm not sure, but okay, here we go. Have you ever felt that way? I have. And Peter asks this question, and he goes, yeah, it's me. So then I think Peter does something that all of us do. Have you ever been in a situation where someone's talking to you, and you can't really hear them in the environment? And, uh, <laughs> and so all you do is you just answer yes, and you have no idea what you said yes to. <laughs> right? It's like chaos is going on, and you're just, they could be saying, hey, you want to go like play in traffic? And you're just like, yes. <laughs> like, I absolutely want to go do this. Like, this is what I feel like Peter did. Peter had like foot-in-the-mouth disease. Because he was like, okay, all right, Lord, if this is you, if this is you, call me, call me out on the water. Okay, cool. Let me do what you're doing. And then Jesus is like, okay, come on. I feel like Peter would be like, did he say yes? <laughs> did he really say yes? But I love what Peter did, though. Listen, this, this is the first thing. This is the first thing he did. He stepped up. He stepped up. Look at what Matthew 14, 27 through 29 says. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out of the water. He said, come. Notice Peter was the only one to respond to what Jesus said. You know what the real tragedy, what I feel like one of the real tragedies of this story is? All the other, the guys hanging out in the back of the boat while Peter was asking to come out on the water, they could have experienced the same thing. They could have experienced the same thing but they were satisfied with where they were. But Peter, he dared to ask something that was magnificent, magnificently, sorry, there it is, magnificently audacious. He said, he stood up and he was like, you know what, Lord, I'm going to dare to ask you for something big. And because he was, he was willing to ask God for something big, God responded, Jesus responded in a big way. 
I wonder, I wonder, what could we ask this morning that we haven't asked? Because I think, I think what we struggle with is that, is that praying big prayers is tough and praying small prayers is pretty easy. Because we can have a backup plan to a small prayer. Right? But when you ask God for something that's impossible, where you only have to trust him for it, that's when things get a little crazy. But listen, I believe that we insult God with small prayers. I believe that we insult God with small prayers because he wants us to pray big prayers, huge prayers, prayers that can change the, 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 your coworkers or your marriage. Listen, when was the last time you prayed such a large prayer that it kind of scared you a little bit? And listen, I'm talking to myself too because I'm guilty. I'm just as guilty as anybody else as, of, as to not praying the prayers that we really should be praying. What question, what prayer should you be praying? Maybe over your marriage. Maybe your marriage is going through a rough patch. What should you be praying over your marriage? What about your job? Your friends? Come on, think about it for a second. What stops us? I don't believe it's a lack of faith. I've heard people say that before. It's like, well, you just have a lack of faith. Well, no, Peter didn't have a lack of faith, right? Like, he walked with Jesus. He experienced all these miracles. It wasn't about a lack of faith. He asked Jesus to come out on the water. That's actually, that's faith, right? So it's not, it, it's not a lack of faith. I want to show you what I feel like stops us. Look at this, Proverbs thirteen twelve. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. See, I think the greatest enemy to us stepping out, stepping up and stepping out into the purpose that we have is the hopelessness that we feel. The failures, we let our failures define our future. And if we're not careful, what we'll do is we'll, we'll develop a why bother mentality. And what I mean by that is you start saying things like, well, I don't need to do this. Why should I do this? I've failed so many times. This is ridiculous. Let someone else do it. It, I I don't need to do this. Who, I mean, what can I, what can I bring to the table? I mean, have you ever, have you ever felt that way? Anyone? I have. We're just like, why, why bother even doing this anymore? I keep failing. And see, this is what you have to understand. The wind or the circumstances will always try and plant a why bother in the middle of your it's possible. The thing that you used to believe for and the thing that you used to pray for, when it it doesn't feel like it materializes soon enough, what happens is we develop the why bother mentality. We start going, you know what? It's always been this way. It's always going to be this way. But that's not the case. That's not true because, listen, the storm was never meant to destroy you. It was meant to develop you. The storm was never meant to destroy you. It was meant to develop you. God God did not, Jesus did not send Peter and the disciples out into the middle of a storm to die. What was it for? It was for their process. It was part of the journey. It was part of the development. Peter walked on water. I would say he didn't fail. <laughs> but he sunk. It doesn't, listen, we'll get to that in a second. He walked on water. Have any of you? No. 
Only Chris Angel, and that guy's weird. <laughs> he, I would say he didn't fail. And look at, look at this. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. I, I think the real problem is that is good is relative. Good is relative to the individual Right? So you might be in the room right now and the relationship that you're in just ended and that's not good. However, maybe the knucklehead you were with, you didn't need to be with anymore. That's good. Yeah? Listen, good is relative. The storm, I know it seems bad, but the storm was not meant to destroy you. It was meant to develop you. It's not meant for your evil. God does not do those things. He does not send stuff to hurt you. That's not how God operates. If anything, he'll use those events. He'll, he'll use the storms. He'll include the storms, and he'll develop greatness on the inside of us. But we have to walk through them, right? You can't just stand still in them. You have to walk through them. That means there has to be movement. Once you've stood up, that means the second thing is you have to step out. You have to be willing to take small steps. Look, what, look, look Matthew 14, 29. Look at Matthew 14, 29. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. I love, I, I love that Peter, that this boat that Peter was in and the disciples were in, it, it represented his livelihood, familiarity, comfort, friendships, and all that he's ever known. But he decided to take one small step, which produced a big result. Yeah? The problem is that our culture, our culture is a highlight-oriented culture. Sports Center, anyone? Anyone watch Sports Center? Instagram, is that a better, is that a better uh, illustration? You know, selfie. No one takes a selfie first thing in the morning. Right? Roll out of bed, looking beat up. And you're just like, selfie. <laughs> Everyone stops following you because they're terrified. Like, I mean, no one does that. And sports center is the same way. No, nobody watches sports center because they show the, uh, the process that the athletes go through to do the amazing thing they just did on TV. Could you imagine if sports center or the news or anybody that was reporting any kind of sporting event, they actually, uh, posted the, the person's workout schedule and eating plan. <laughs> like how awesome would that be? Would you watch that? I would not watch that. It's boring. We live in a highlighted, uh, highlight-oriented culture, and we don't love the process. We don't want to take the steps. We just want to go from point A to point B when there's all this in between those two points. Listen, no one is an overnight success. It'll never happen, right? And can I just say this too? Your destiny is not a destination. It's a direction. I'm going to say it one more time. I want to I give you a chance to write it down if you can. Your, your destiny, the thing that God has for you, is not a destination. It's a direction you choose to walk in. Because you will never just arrive and it be all over with. Listen, you might, be, you might be someone that is a little more mature in this room, a little older. Listen, God still has great things for your life. God still has incredible things for you. You're not done living and impacting people. You're not finished. There are people around you that you can reach, that you can show the hope that is Christ. You can show that to them, and their world can change. Young person, student, if you're in this room, the, listen, 
Stop waiting on revival to happen. What does revival mean? Revival just means that there is an incredible just outpouring. That's a weird word too. Give me one second. There is a an incredible help me, someone. Demonstration. Thank you. Of what God, what the love of God is. You stop talking about your, your school changing and go change your school. Stop talking about your workplace and your friends and, and your environment changing and go change it. Right? That is your destiny. That's what God has called you to do. If you're struggling with calling in your life, let me help you. That's what he's called you to live for the one. The person around you. Look at this. Big dreams without small steps will always just stay daydream. Big dreams without small steps will always just stay a daydream. God ignites the biggest promises and purpose and change through the small steps that we take. Peter could have easily just sat in the boat, asked Jesus to come do this incredible thing, and then Jesus say yes, and Peter just stay in the boat. He could have, but he didn't. He took a step, and because of that, because of that, he experienced something great. So what is the thing? What is the thing that you need to take a step toward today? What is the one thing? The small step. It could just be, it could just be, uh, it could be our dream team. If you're here and you're not plugged into our dream team, why not? It's one of the greatest things that you could ever do. Be a part of building the church. Actually, we build the church every single morning. 5 a.m. You're welcome. Maybe it's just smiling. Maybe that's your small step. Maybe you get rid of your resting jerk face. Amen. (laughs) Maybe you just need to be friendly. Maybe you don't need to air out your business on social media. Maybe that's your small step. We can all see what you posted. I'm just throwing that out there for you. <laughs> Listen, we can't be afraid to fail. I think that oftentimes it's not that people don't know what to do. It's that they don't know how to start. In my own life, anyway. Listen, take a step. Take a small step. And God will produce big results. But we can't be afraid to fail. We can't be afraid to fail. And the third thing, the third thing is you got to look up. So you've stepped up. You've stepped out. Now you got to look up. Look at what Matthew 14, verses 30 and 31 say. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Can you imagine the failure that Peter must have felt? Like, he's essentially the assistant youth pastor here. you, you got to understand this. Like, he really is. Like, there's a story in the, in the Bible where only Jesus and Peter pay taxes because they're the only two that are old enough. <laughs> Seriously, these are all young men, and Peter is like the assistant youth pastor here. <laughs> and Peter has done the impossible. The impossible. He's walking on water. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he takes his eyes off Jesus just for a second. And he looks down. Maybe he looks down at his feet. Maybe a wave. 
covers up Jesus' view. And just for a second, Jesus is gone and he panics. Who knows? The winds begin to speak to him and he looks around and he notices what he's in the middle of. For the, there's always the moment where you get excited about what God's called you to do. Or, but then you step out of the boat onto the greatest challenge that you've ever faced. And you have that what have I done moment. <laughs> I know Jesus is out there somewhere, but man, the wind is loud. I can't see him anymore because the waves are so high. But I know he said something to me. I know he did. You know, I think that the most beautiful aspect of this story is hardly ever talked about. Did Peter walk out? He almost made it. The Bible says it, that when he, when he cried out to Jesus, that Jesus immediately bent down and, and picked him up. So he almost made it, right? He almost made it. He was there. And that's awesome. He started sinking, and Jesus picked him up, saved him. That's awesome. Hallelujah. Lord God. But the most beautiful part of this story is that Jesus and Peter walked back to the boat on the waves that Peter sank in. Jesus walked with him back to where he'd come from. You know, me and my wife moved out here about five years ago. About five years ago. And we felt like we were supposed to help the movement church. We felt we, we spoke to Pastor Carrie and Megan. They, they helped us. We were youth pastors for a really long time, and they helped us walk through a lot. And, and, and we felt like we were supposed to come out here, so we did. We sold our house. Sold cars. Begged for money. It's true. <laughs> and we we came out here, and it was so exciting. I remember it was so exciting. I, I remember sitting down, having meetings, and this is this was not this was not a thing. Shamu, whatever, like it was not here. Like we were we were meeting at Starbucks, and we were like, "What if one day?" You know, like we were we were dreaming. We were here for about nine months. Here about nine months, and we got scared, terrified. I'm going to be really transparent. I'm going to get a little emotional because I, I tend to get that way with this. Uh, and we got scared, and we, we went back. We went back to Texas. And I remember pulling into Texas. Don't, listen, no one should ever go to Texas, by the way. <laughs> My boy Gage is in the front row. I'm sorry, buddy. The devil, the devil resides in Texas. <laughs> I remember pulling into my friend's house. I remember calling Pastor Carrie, weeping. Man, I've messed up. I've messed up. I failed. I should have never left. Had to walk down the street so my kids didn't see me like weeping like a child. <laughs> I was doing that weird cry thing. 
I should have not left, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and we made some incredible relationships out in, in Dallas for those two years. Served a great church. Great church. But could not shake that we were supposed to come back. Listen, God doesn't retract the call on your life. But I can remember when we pulled into Texas, feeling like the biggest failure. I remember having discussions with my wife going, you know what, maybe just ministry, maybe we're done. Maybe ministry shouldn't be, shouldn't be it anymore. Finished. But you know what I love? I love that God's redemptive plan isn't based on our performance. It's based on Jesus' finished performance on the cross. I love that I'm standing here right now because I didn't do it. My wife didn't do it. Nobody did it. Do you know who did it? God did it. I would not be here. We did not pay for one thing when we moved back. God provided everything. God's redemptive plan for your life. Listen, you may be sitting here looking at me going, you know what, you don't understand. I failed way too much. I'm drowning right now. You don't understand. Listen, God's redemptive plan isn't based on the things that you can accomplish or you can do. It's not. It's based on what Jesus has already done. That's it. That's the gospel. That's the good news. It's not about you. And can I tell you this, the irony of this, the irony of your purpose and what God has called you to do, what has God called you to do? He's called you to reach people. That's what he's called you to do. It just may look different for everyone else. It may look different for this individual and this individual. It doesn't matter. You are called to reach people. That's what you're called to. And if he's called you to it, he's going to provide a way for you to do it. But it's not based on your action. The irony of this whole thing is that your purpose isn't even really for you. It's not. Your purpose is for everybody else. Your other side, the other side that you're trying to get to, is not even for you. It's for all the other people that you're going to reach. What's the storm for? The storm is so whenever you walk back to the boat, you can minister to the people that were still in the boat. Because it says in the scripture that they begin to worship him going, oh man, you really are the son of God. Why? What changed? Because they saw Peter walking with Jesus on the very thing that they probably saw him fail at doing. What is, what is your storm for? It's for others. Why does your story matter? Because your story can reach people that, that my story can't reach. Are you that important? Absolutely. Your purpose is that important. Is the storm that important? Absolutely. Quit trying to rush through the storm. Let the storm develop you. But let me ask you this question. If you're in here, what is speaking to you this morning? What have you allowed in your life that is, that is stopping you from getting to your purpose? Or, let me put it this way, what's keeping you in your ship? What's causing you not to step out? 
what wind or what circumstance is speaking to you in such a way that is halting the progress that God has for you? Is it insecurity? Is it fear of failure? Maybe she, she don't know. I, I don't know what to do. Listen. With every, just, if, if, can, we, can we bow our heads just real quick? Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to ask just a couple of questions. If you're here, and no one's looking around, but if you're here and you would say, you know what, there's some stuff that I really need to let go of in my life. There's some things that I'm listening to, and there's some things that I've let speak to me that have stopped me from stepping up and stepping out and looking up. But I'm done with that. Today it changes. If that's you, you're going to say, I'm going to let go of those things. I'm not going to be insecure anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do my best to keep my attention set on God and do what it is that he's called me to do. If that's you, can, can you just raise your hand? No one's looking around. Just raise your hand up high. I see those hands all over the room. It's awesome. I'd like to say a quick prayer just for everybody. Father, I thank you that you're a God of peace and that you're a God of comfort. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, that, that every individual in this room is, is in the boat that they're in on purpose. Now, Lord, I just pray that you'd bring comfort to them. Father, no matter what the situation, no matter what the problem is, no matter what, what part and what aspect of the journey that they're walking through, Lord, I pray that right now you would be the God of strength and you'd bring peace and comfort to their hearts and to their lives. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed still, if, if you'd say, Jeremy, I have, you know, I've, I've heard you talk about Jesus, and, and you know, I, I just, I've been on the fence. I really, I really never made a decision to, to accept Christ into my life and to my heart. Never made that decision. Or maybe you're in the room and you said, you know what, I've been running from God, and I've been running, and I, I used to have it a strong relationship with him, but I've just been running. If you're in one of those two areas, with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, you say, I want to I make that decision, or I want to make the decision again. I'm done running. Let me just say a quick prayer, and you can say this with me. Father, I accept you into my heart, into my life. Thank you for what you've done in me, and I just surrender to you right now. I surrender my heart. I surrender my life, and I'm never going to be the same. Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.